Q, in the name of the Lord. Welcome each one here to our service. <coughs> We're looking to the Lord for a blessing. I also appreciate the uh, thoughts of our Sunday School lesson for those that are here in the lesson and not of us are in the Sunday School part, but I was blessed at the fact that uh, as they conquered the land, as they were to conquer the land, it says they took all the land and yet there was much to possess. And I applied that to our life in Jesus Christ. You know, when Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. And our salvation is complete if we trust in him. And yet the Bible says we should earnestly contend for the faith. So if you can figure those two out, I think we know what they were doing in Joshua. It's all done, and yet we're contending for the faith. There's still a battle, and yet it's done. So I'm not going to try to tell you just what that means. This morning we'd like to think about uh, a subject that <clears throat> I thought I'd uh, preach on it this morning, and as I got to studying about it, I decided I'm going to make two messages instead of one. It has to do with the will of God for my life. <clears throat> if you would know what God would want for you, would you be willing to do it? You know, if, if you would know exactly what God would want you to do, would you be willing to do it? Well, would you? That's a, that's a tricky question. It's not a tricky question, but, you know, we think we want to do God's will, but would we really be willing to do it if God, if we would know what God would want for us, would we be uh, willing to do it? Uh, finding God's will for our life. Uh, if you, do you have a scripture that we could find in the Bible that would give us some information how to find that? How to find God's will for your life, my life? Is there a scripture in the Bible that clearly tells us that we can find his will if we do certain things? A classic in the New Testament about finding God's will. There is one. And I was hoping maybe you could guess what it is. Someone want to try? A classic about finding God's will. I like to read it. It's three verses. Uh, actually, yeah, it's three verses. Two verses. Three verses. Two verses. Two verses. In the New Testament. A classic about finding God's will. Can you guess what it is? That you may know what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Know where it is? Romans 12. Romans 12. I'd like to read three verses, or two verses. You don't need to turn to it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, <coughs> that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there is a classic about finding the will of God. And uh, I, I asked uh, Ernie to read that scripture in Numbers. Uh, it is, uh, you know, just breaking in there, you kind of wonder what it's talking about. The context of Numbers 22 is where God's people had left Egypt. They were on their way to Canaan, which is a picture of us leaving the grips of, of, of the devil and heading our way to, 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 to heaven. And uh, in this scripture, uh, they came on some enemies. It was the Moabites, and Balak was the king. And he said, now... All these, these people here, we'd like for someone to curse him. So they found a prophet of God, and I don't know why they thought that he would curse him. His name was Balaam. And he said, Balaam, uh, we don't like all these people here, and we'd like for you to curse him. And so uh, 
He said, if you do, I will give you all kinds of good stuff. Uh, I'm not sure, money and all these kind of things. And so uh, Balaam said, well, <clears throat> I'll ask God what I should do. That's found in verse 9 and 10. What did God say to him? Well, Ernie read it. Yeah, and he asked if he could go curse him. What did God tell him? Did you hear what Ernie read? <laughs> it's in verse uh, 12. Thou shalt not go with them. Verse 12, 22, 12. Thou shalt not go with them, and thou shalt not curse the people. They are a blessed people. Now, that was God's will for Balaam. Now, uh, did Balaam want God's will? Okay, we read on there then, as Ernie read, and he said, uh, they came to him again and said, you know, we'll even give you more gold and more silver. So he says, well, I'll ask God again, you know. I'll ask him again, you know, if I, if I should do this. He was, he, 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 he kind of, well, did he want God's will? Come on, let's get on the move here. We've got 30 minutes. Not, Not really. He wanted his own will. So he says, well, i ask God again. And we read that there in, uh, and uh, where did we read that? I need a little help here. I think it's verse 19. Now, therefore, I pray you, tire you here this night, and I might know what the Lord will say unto me more. So I'll ask him again. And, uh, and then God said in verse 20, he says, well, rise up and go with them. And so he went, like God told him to, and in verse 22, God was angry because he went. And I'm a little confused about that. Why did God tell him to go and then he was angry? Well, uh, we're not going to spend much time in this, but we would find that it is pretty easy to say we want God's will but we don't really want it. Is that right? And so for this morning, I'm going to make two messages out of finding God's will. And this morning, we're going to talk about the importance of wanting God's will before we go on and try to find out how to find it. Why is it important to want God's will? Well, Balaam died in the camp of the heathen. He died in the camp of the heathen. He was a man of God, but died in the camp of the heathen because he wanted something that was not God's will. And uh, we also find in Revelation that they are warned not to follow the doctrines of Balaam. So for this morning, I'd like to talk about the importance of wanting God's will. Now, just laying aside anything that God would want of you, do you want God's will? I mean, do you really want what God wants for you? We're not asking what it is. We're just saying, would you want it? See? Would you want God's will? And why is it important that we want God's will? And I like to use this for our, our, the thrust this morning. Uh, we like to talk about why it is important to desire what God wants for us. Balaam didn't want what God wanted for him. He didn't end up well. Number one is found in Matthew 7 and uh, verse... Uh, 21, I'll read the verse. I'll be using a lot of different verses. So I don't mind if you, if you don't follow along. Unless you find yourself getting sleepy, then open your Bible and page to it. That'll help. Uh, and by the way, maybe we should get up and sing We've Got the Power. Is Ernie still around here? Did he leave us? There he is. 
I didn't think you would. Uh, let's stand together and sing. We've got the power, okay? First of all, I'd like to read, I'm going to just be kind of going, this is kind of an introduction to the message I want to preach sometime in the near future. And the question this morning is, why is it important to want God's will? Not so much what it is, but why it's important to want it. Uh, in Ephesians 5.17 it says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding the will of what the will of the Lord is. So there are those people that are wise, and there are those that are otherwise. And we're wise if we want what God wants for us. That's, the Bible says that's wise. And so if you want to be wise, then not, don't try to decide what God's will is, but just say, I want God's will. I just want whatever God wants. That's, then you're wise. And if you're not, then you're otherwise, according to, the script, according to this verse. Now, the first, uh, I have about four things here, why it's wise to want what God wants for me, to want God's will. The first one is found in Matthew 7.21. <clears throat> now, some of these verses are not too easily to understand for me. It says, and I, as I studied them, I was asking some questions. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but that he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So he's saying that uh, one of the reasons we should want God's will is because it is a key to heaven. Now, I, I don't believe we're going to get saved, we're going to go to heaven because we work for it. I believe we're saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by his blood, by his redemption. So what is he saying here? He's saying, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, if we do God's will, then we're going to enter into heaven. Well, it's his will that we believe, but he must be saying something there. And I was trying to uh, meditate on that verse and trying to see what he's saying. How, why is it important to want the will of God? Number one, <coughs> excuse me, I finally got a little bit of a, a horse or a cow in my throat. But uh, <clears throat> we were traveling west a number of years ago, and uh, well, west. We weren't very far west, but we got out to St. Louis. And uh, as we drove into St. Louis, uh, there was a great big arch there. Does anyone know what it says on that arch? How many of you have seen it? I was trying to remember what it says. I think I remember what it says. Gateway to the West, that's what I thought it was. The Gateway to the West. And uh, I, I, as, I, as we drive through there, uh, we're supposed to imagine our minds that the whole West opens up to us. And now, by the way, I want to thank you for praying for me. I was in Iowa, but it was kind of interesting. Uh, they were talking about, uh, like they live in the East, you know, but they talked about going to Indiana, Pennsylvania, and they were going to go in, and we always think of going out. But they're really not even in the West yet, they said. So how can that arch there be the gateway to the West? Well, I think what I, what I can imagine is as you drive through that, that arch, that gate, the gateway to the West, it's like the whole West opens up to you. Kind of like the whole, the whole thing lies ahead of you. And you know, I believe this verse says that he that wants to find the will of God. All the eternal things are beginning to open up to you. 
I believe that's what that means. Because we're not saved by doing the will of God. We're saved by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. But, you know, the first step to getting saved, the first step to getting right with God, the first step to heaven is just simply wanting what God wants for us. And it's like that big gate that you drive through and that gate of wanting the will of God, all the things that are eternal begin to open up to you if you want that. And see, God does never push it down people's throat. He says, here it is, you want it. And so he says that he that doeth the will of my Father, he that wants to do God's will, he that seeks what God wants for him, the things of eternity start opening up. Now, everybody that got saved came to that point. They didn't get saved by doing God's will, but they got saved by wanting God's will, and the things that are eternal open up. It's rather awesome. That great big west, all there because we drive through that gate. Now, I know that's stretching it in that area because you can drive out west without going through that gate. But with God, there's one gate that opens up the things that are eternal. And that's wanting what God wants for you. How many want that? That opens up the whole west. <laughs> it's, that, it's that simple. And I, I don't like to tell stories about myself. But maybe someone else that wants to tell me that was for you. But I, I was a naughty boy in my, in my earlier years, a real naughty boy. And uh, I remember, and I've shared this before, uh, I didn't know much about the Bible. I didn't know much about salvation. I didn't know anything about getting saved. But one, one, one day I stood, I, I was at a crossroad in my life. Uh, I, it was kind of like this. I, I, was, I was at a crossroad like this. I don't know, it's time for a new one, isn't it, Ernie? Is it time for a new one? Sure. Sure. Using a marching yet. I want to use it, so. Life is full of crossroads, or T roads. A lot of them are crossroads. And we, we come to a spot in life where we can kind of start thinking about, maybe I should change my direction. Sometimes we come to a T-road where we have to make decisions. But I came to a crossroad in my life as a, an older teenager living for the devil. And I, I began to think about that. And I stood out back of our bar one, one day, one evening, I looked out across the field, and I, I, I suddenly realized but I don't want to go on. I wasn't married, I was still a teenager. And somehow I was at that gateway. And in my best way that I knew how to pray, I said, God, I want something different. And that's all I did. But see, I was I was reaching out for for something. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted what God wanted for me. I didn't know much about him. Not really. I didn't have a personal relationship with him. I wasn't born again or all the terms we use. But I came to a crossroad and I said, I was at this gate to the west, I guess. And I said, God, I, I don't want to go on. I, I, I want something different. And, and, you know, nothing. You know, he didn't throw a book out of heaven or, or a bomb or anything. But, you know, that was the start of God unfolding something better. 
without knowing much. You know, we have this program where we try to teach people how to know God, and sometimes I think we miss it. You know, it's just simply saying, God, uh, show me. I want, I want something different. And, and I, I, I don't know what, what, really what happened, but it was the start of where I am today. That is what I think it means when it says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, or wants to do what God wants him to. God, here I am. Uh, you know, I, I, I want you. Without all the polish that we put on it, just here I am. The gateway to the West. The gateway to, to eternal things. And that's why it's important that we desire the will of God. Now, how do you find the will of God? Well, I'm not really sure how, about that either, but this morning we're thinking about the importance of wanting God's will. And until we do that, we won't find it. The second thought on, on uh, why wanting God's will is important uh, is, uh, well, how shall I say that? Uh, again, I guess I'll have to tell a story. I, I don't know how else to preach. Sometimes I envy people who can just preach without all the stories and they still know what they want to say. But it was, it was after this. It was actually, it was actually, things didn't change a lot there, not a lot, a few things. I kind of, instead of going on and what I was doing, I won't tell you what that was. I started maybe trying to kind of get away from that. I tried some things. And uh, one of those, I got married to my wonderful wife. I still didn't really have what it took to get to glory, but at least I was changing my course. And uh, uh, some years after, a couple years after we were married, uh, I found some more light. And uh, one day, uh, we were driving down the road in our horse and buggy. We used to drive horse and buggy. And uh, there was a church between us and where we were going to go to church at. I'm not sure if I was by myself or my wife was sick or maybe I had a baby, I don't know. I'm not sure how that was, but anyhow. Uh, as we drove past this church, kind of like we are here this morning, we decided to pull in our entire horse to the post and visit this church. It was Peckway. And uh, we did. And I just loved the things they said. I was hungry for the Word of God. I was hungry for things that have to do with God. I was just, we just, just soaked it up. And, uh, you know, we didn't know I, I, can, I think we can say we didn't know anybody, really. A church of 150 people. And we walked in there, tied our horse and buggy to the hitching post, and they all had their cars parked there, and we walked in through there, sat down on the bench and felt kind of little. And I, I just loved it. I, just, I remember what they preached. I won't tell you what it was, but it, it was, I remember what they preached. And uh, after, after the uh, service, uh, a man came to us and said, would you go along home for lunch? It was James Smoker from Dundee. And uh, we went along. And I, if I remember right, we kept going there then for the next 20 some years till we came here. And you know, the Bible says, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother, my sister, and mother. Now, you're wondering how I'm tying this together, but I'm going to read that again. For whosoever shall want the will of God, the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother, my sister, and my mother. 
Now, what do you have to do? Uh, uh, what do uh, what makes brothers and sisters brothers and sisters? I, I'm really going to try out your elementary skills here this morning. Uh, what does it take, or what what makes brothers and sisters be brothers and sisters? That's a difficult question. I'm sure you can't answer that correctly, but try. What 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 makes brothers and sisters brothers and sisters? No, no, I don't think so. My wife will scold me when I get home. She says, don't correct me when I give you an answer. But you can love people and they're not your brother and sister. I mean, Norman, I'm not talking about the church now. I'm talking about the physical brother and sister. And you, you had the wrong idea. You were right. But, but I'm, I'm talking about family brothers and sisters, uh, blood brothers and sisters, not church. Now, you're right. Love makes you brothers and sisters. So you're, I didn't correct you. Will you forgive me? Okay. All right, well, anyhow, what, what, makes, what makes brothers and sisters? The real, I mean, not the real ones, because this is real too, but the, the blood brothers and sisters, what makes them blood, uh, brothers and sisters? They have the same parents, right? That's, that's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, well, you see, here he says that whosoever, uh, even, uh, where are we at? For whosoever shall do the will of my Father. When we begin to look for the will of God in our lives, he says, then you become uh, the same as my brother and my sister and my mother. In other words, he's saying that I'm going to give you, it's the gateway to a new family. Now, we still have my physical brothers and sisters. Uh, and I love them. And we were just there not too long ago. We dropped in on my sisters living in Lancaster. We had to spend an evening with them. But you know who is really my brother and sister? Do you know who I feel closest to? It's my new family in Jesus Christ. And God says that if we long for his will, he's going to give us a new family. And that's what church is all about. And so that's what makes you my brother, Lloyd. Did you know you're my brother? You know, we talk about brethren in the church. We talk about brothers and sisters in the Lord. What he's really saying is that when we go through the gateway of longing for his will, he's going to plant us into a new family. And church is more than most church make of it. You know, a lot of churches, they go to church and they, you know, they, they hear the preaching and the teaching and then they go home. Here, the other, the other night we were hanging around here till 9.30, 10 o'clock. You know, why? Because we're, we're a family. God's people become a family. Uh, you know, we become brothers and sisters in the Lord. And you know, it's wonderful when we get that concept. And Jesus says, if we want to do his will, he's going to give us a new family. And those people down there became our family. Now, I know that we had a mother and a father. We had brothers. No, I, I had no brothers. She did. And they were still, you know, kind of our family. But in reality, they became the church there. The brotherhood became our family. And that's wonderful. You know, I, I don't know who's going to leave here first. You know, we think of our brother Ivan passing away. And, and his, his concern that the, his wife who is back is taken care of. You know, the church is a family that cares about each other. And, and God says when we desire his will, he'll put us into a family, replacing the family that may not love the Lord. And if they do, they're part of it too. But we have a family now that cares about each other, cares about what happens to us. And uh, we thought we needed two bedrooms for our daughters. The house was limited in bedrooms and... And I, I, I was 60 at that time, and, and uh, it was like a one-story addition out there, and I wanted to take that roof and raise it up and put another floor on it. 
bedrooms and a roof. And I, I looked at that, and I had decided about five years ago I'm going to stay off of the roof. And I looked at that thing, and I thought, oh, my. You know what happened? Want to tell me? Who came to help me? My family came. Here, this family. And in one day, you dear brethren raised that roof. Paper was on. I don't think I was on the roof hardly. That's the family that God promises us when we, when we seek his will. When we are open to finding what God has for us, he says, I'll give you a family. And I'm glad I found that. That family is an eternal family. You know, when we get to glory, uh, me and my wife sometimes don't think it's quite fair that we're not going to be married in heaven. The Bible says there no, won't, won't be neither marriage nor given in marriage in heaven. And we kind of think that's very unfortunate because we just kind of love to be up there and continue our relationship. But somehow, it's going to be a deeper relationship. It's going to be you brethren and sisters in glory relating with each other. And uh, I think it will still be a special spot for me and her out there beside the river of life. I think it will be. Of course, she likes the woods, and I like to be out on the porch where I can see a lot of things going on. And Maybe we'll just both want to be at the same place all the time. I don't know. But there, we're going to gather as a family. And of course, that's going to be the whole family, the whole family. And so he says, the, why it's important to want his will is because he opens the gateway to a new family. And that's what it did for me. And actually, I, I think back on my years there at Peckway, the family there, and some of that family has moved here. I remember one day, I think it was this brother sitting on the end there, we were at a wedding, standing in line, uh, waiting to get fed. And uh, something was said about moving. He said, if you move, we will. And sure enough, they did. <laughs> so we brought part of the family along, and now we have a family here. But that's what God does for us when we want to his will. It's the gateway to new relationships and new family. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? It's beautiful. The family, there's a song about the family of God, isn't there? Do you know what it is? You're holding a little one. Can you start it from your seat? Do you want to know the will of God? It'll give you a new family, new relationships. Number three, found in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Reading it again. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, I believe when we enter the gateway of God's will, uh, it changes our attitude about life. Uh, I think we've been losing something along the way uh, in our Christian circles where I'm at. And that is to give thanks in everything. Uh, it's been about a month, two months ago, uh, the, there was a, a man and his wife were traveling 340 in Lancaster going west. And it was not yet day, daylight, it was still dark. And uh, some car came up behind him and just mowed him down. And it was a carriage. And just, and it just 
you know, it, it threw the man out on the road. And there was another car coming the other way after a bit, and they didn't see him, and they drove over him, and he died. And by the way, his brother died the same week. And I was down in Pennsylvania that, that week, or the week after, and I, I was in a shop where there's another Amish fellow, I get some stuff from him. And I, I said to him, I said, well, that was a tragic accident. I talked Dutch to him, of course. That was a tragic accident, wasn't it? And this boy was drunk and on drugs, and they found him about 15 miles that he started walking or running. They found him some 10, 15 miles away walking. Uh, you know, he ran from the accident. His car was out of the ditch. And they found him walking in towards Lancaster. Cops picked him up. And I said to Eli, I said, Eli, I said, did they get that guy? He said, well, he said, I don't really know just what's happening with him. He said, I, I believe Maswa got his son as David died. And the goddess Han means it was God's hand, you know, that this man was killed. And he wasn't too concerned about this drunk guy that hit him. I thought that was tremendous. That's tremendous. You know, when we, when we really want the will of God, we can give thanks in everything, not for everything. No one was thanking that that man was killed. But within that, within that tragic experience, there was an attitude of, my God is a big God, and he did it right. That's wonderful, isn't it? And you know, when we seek the will of God and are serious about it, we can take life, all of life, and we can say, like, like Job, uh, when Job, they came back to him and he said, your, 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 your cows are killed, your buildings are burned. And then he came back and said, your sons and daughters were killed. And what did he do? What did he say? Does anyone know? He said, the Lord has given... And the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he bowed and worshipped. You know, when we go through the gateway of wanting God's will, we, we will see that God is in control of life. What he does is well. And we don't, we don't get upset about things that happen. We just say, yes, God, I don't understand. But you're God. You're God. And when, when we're open to the will of God, it changes life's concepts. And we can give thanks in everything. In everything, not for everything. There's some things we can't thank God for. But within that, we can still be thankful. Is that right? Yes, Lord. You've given, you've taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Number four, when we really want the will of God in our lives, it ends all arguments. I like to read several verses. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. You know, I believe that when we live like we ought, I don't have to argue about anything about God's word. Uh, there was this uh, atheist and a Christian. They knew each other for years. And the atheist one day said to the Christian, he said, you know what I like to do? He says, I'd like to have a debate with you, a public de debate down in Perry Farrell. Now, it wasn't Perry, I don't know where they live, but if it had been Perry, it would have been Perry Farrell or some other place you have out here. He said, I'd like to invite the public in. We'd like to have a debate. And I'll, I'll, I'll prove to you there is no God who will do it with a public debate. 
Well, the Christian said, I'm not sure. Yeah, he said, come on, we'll, we'll, we'll get out there, we'll advertise it in the Perry Herald, and we'll come out there to the Perry Fire Hall, and we'll stand up there, and I'll tell you why there's no God, and you can try to tell me why there is. He said, uh, I will, but I ask one thing. I'm going to bring ten people along that God has touched. And you do the same that you've touched. And we'll just go up there and show you what God has done. The man said, let's forget it. You know, when we are walking in the will of God, have gone through the gateway of God's will, we don't have to argue. The proof is here. And you don't know what I was before I was this. But it's proof of God's grace. Proof of God's grace. And he can do it. And that ends all arguments. There must be a God. Has that happened to you? That's the only argument the Christian needs. So it is the will of God that with well-doing, not with well-talking, but with well-doing, you put the silence, the ignorance of foolish men. One more. It's found in John 2.17. I will read. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Uh, there was a man in history that I was trying to think of his name. I think he was Spanish. He came into to early American history. He was looking for the fountain of youth. Who was that? Uh, I was almost saying his name, Ponce something, Ponce de Leon or something like that. Uh, did he find it? I don't think so. At least we still have a graveyard, don't we? But you know, the Bible says, he that doeth the will of God is going to live forever. And that's true. He that goes through the gateway of God's will is entering a world where we can live forever on and on and on. Will there be no death, no sorrow, no crying? We live forever in the glories of heaven. I hope you believe in that. That's our future. That's our future. And you enter it by crying out to God, God, I want what you have for me. I want your will. I want to do, I want to do what you want me to do. We don't list it out. We just say, God, here I am. And in the next message, we'd like to preach about the will of God. We'd like to talk about finding the will of God, how to find that will. Now, uh, as a boy, uh, we do weird things. I wasn't a Christian. I might have done it anyhow if I was a Christian. But I was thinking about marriage. I was wondering who I should marry. So I thought of someone. And... Uh, it was in the springtime, late spring, and I found a dandelion that was in full bloom with the white blossoms on it, you know. You hold them to the wind and they blow away. But it was still, the seed was all on. And so I wanted to see if I should marry her or not. So I went, she loves me. 
She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. And depending how that comes out, she might be the one. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that method of finding God's will? You may use your imagination because I was, I was using it. Uh, what's wrong with that method? Is there any? Well, nothing then. Good way. Left God out of the picture with something else. More practical than that. I wouldn't think about God too much. I would think about this girl. Anyone? I could, you know, when it got down to the end, I went, what's wrong with that method? Come on, what's wrong with it? I'll excuse it when you tell me. I was in control. I made it come out like I wanted to. And did you know that many people, when they seek the will of God, make it come out like they want to? They say, we're seeking the will of God, but they make it come out like they want to. And so we would like to study the Bible and find out what God says, how to find his will. And that's what I want to preach in the next message. Today was an introduction. Let's uh, kneel together in prayer. Okay?